Hey, I'm Justin Janowski, and I just finished my interview on the Root of All Success podcast with the real Jason Duncan. And I can tell you this, I do a lot of podcast interviews. This was one of the most fun conversations I've had. Jason is one of the most real and authentic interviewers and business leaders that I know. This conversation around sales and building a business is one that you're not going to want to miss. Enjoy. Welcome to the Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of The Root of All Success. I am the real Jason Duncan, and it is a pleasure to have you with me today because I'm interviewing Justin, I screwed up his name. I got like a hundred Justins in my life, and it's an easy name to say. It's very close to my name, Jason. Just, <laughs> I can't believe I did that twice. Justin Janowski. And I think the problem is I'm in my brain, I'm trying to say his last name before I'm done with his first name. Justin Janowski from Milwaukee. And uh, this guy has helped hundreds of coaches build their dream businesses from the ground up. Driven by his faith, he has founded this company called Faith to Influence, which we'll talk about on the show today. And it helps people turn coaching into a profitable business, into a venture. And specifically, he's working with Christian coaches. But he's also guided some non-Christian coaches to do the same thing. But he helps them with their income, their strategies, their their business model, their pricing strategies, et cetera. And, and, and we're actually going to do on the show today, which is was unexpected because I record these intros after I record the show. We're actually going to go through an analysis of one of my offers in my coaching program. And you're going to see if my offer sucks uh, or if it's good, if my offer is priced right or if it's priced bad. So you got to stay tuned towards the end. We're actually going to dive into that. But he's got a, a very good passion about helping new coaches get started in the business because he himself was a new coach back in 2015, leaving his job, starting a coaching business the next day. And now look where he is. Well, as I said, he's from Milwaukee. He lives with his beautiful wife, Kara, and their two kids, Grace and Gavin. Please help me welcome Justin Janowski to the root of all success. Well, Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jason. This is really fun. Well, we're going to have some fun. We got some good conversation pieces that we're going to be talking about today. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show. You know, we don't we don't know each other. We just met today pre-show getting ready for this. The coolest thing about the podcasting world, I think, is that you, you end up meeting people that you wouldn't normally run into and you end up having some great conversations. And I think that's what I'm looking forward to today. So you're you're known as the guy who helps coaches build their dream businesses. But more specifically than just coaches in general, you're the guy who works with, as you refer to on your website, Christian coaches. Right. So let me go back a little bit because I think we're going to have a good conversation, especially listeners. If you're a coach, this is going to, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff in here, but even if you're not a coach, just stay tuned because I think what you're going to hear are some cool things that two 
really successful coaches are going to be telling you about how to build businesses. So you're going to get some free advice today on this show from two great coaches. But if you're a coach, this is going to be even better, I think. So Justin, how did how did you first get started just in coaching? Let, we'll, we'll leave the Christian stuff for just aside for just a moment. But how did you get started in coaching? Well, Jason, I started out as a salesperson in direct sales when I was 18. I sold Cutco kitchen knives, believe it or not, sitting at uh, kitchen tables with Mr. and Mrs. Jones, in-home presentations, selling $1,000 knife sets. And I actually worked for Cutco for several years, became a manager there, and that really launched my entrepreneurial career. And I went to a direct sales conference where Hal Elrod was the speaker, and his message blew me away. And the way he showed up, the way he communicated, the way he led and spoke really resonated with me. And I asked him after if he was taking on any clients. I knew he was a coach, and he was. And I hired my first coach. This was 2009. I was paying him $700 a month. At the time, that felt like just a crazy amount of money for me. I was in my early 20s, like 21, 22 and, uh, and that experience with him really opened the door to coaching for me. And later on with another coach I had, I had a realization that I wanted to do the same work. I wanted to be a coach. And so I decided I was going to launch my coaching business kind of on a whim. I felt like I was called to it and I quit my job the next day. It was like one moment of realization, a conversation with somebody I trusted, and then making that big decision. I was single at the time. It was easy enough to do. And uh, when I decided to launch my coaching business, I first uh, talked to my coach who said, why don't you sell with us, learn from us, build with us first. And then from there, you can learn and launch on your own. And so that's how I got into coaching initially. What was your job? What, what did you quit to do this? I was in financial planning. I was doing quite well. I'd actually been, uh, I'd just taken a new job in Chicago and it was an exciting promotion from where I was at in Milwaukee. And I thought I was going to do that job forever. You know, if you would have asked me two days earlier, like that was my career. Uh, but I was on a mastermind call, which means a group call with other men who were really committed to growing themselves personally, professionally, et cetera. And we just kind of support each other and challenge each other. And that was the coaching program I was in. And everyone on that call shared like a powerful truth that they knew about themselves and their vision for the future that they were not behaving into or living right now. And it was a crazy call because normally these are an hour. I was in that program for four years. The call was never more than an hour and 10 minutes, Jason, except for that one call, which was like two and a half hours. I was the last to share. And they said, Justin, do you have anything you want to share? And I just at the time honestly said, no, like, I feel like I am living my truth. I'm doing what I meant to do. But thank you all for sharing and being so vulnerable and authentic. It was really cool to hear everyone's shares about their truth. And 30 minutes after I got off that call, walking the apartment, uh, walking the hallway to my apartment, I felt like I got hit in the chest with a message. That I really wasn't living my truth. And it was that I was meant to be a coach. And so kind of a wild uh, experience. And then went in and quit my job the next day. My boss dropped F-bombs. He was very upset, thought it was a horrible decision. And I just somehow knew it was the right decision for me. I felt like God was calling me to it. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Uh, interesting. We, you and I have very different approaches to how we started in this mm -hmm. and this. But so I want to go back to your story just a little bit. Hal Elrod. So I know the guy, isn't that the Miracle Morning? Yes, that, it is. Okay. He was teaching me the so Miracle Morning wrote, while he was writing the book, by the way. So I was executing on that before the book was released. Now he's a big sensation through it. I was going to say 700 bucks a month for how Elrod is a deal. Yes. Huh? <laughs> a huge deal. Well, listen, if you're only paying your business coach $700 a month, first of all, you probably need to find a business, a different business coach. Mm -hmm. 
But if you're paying how Elrod 700 and he's willing to do it, then probably you, you're all right. <laughs> yeah. About 15 years ago before uh, even, even coaching was, I think as big and as valuable as it is now. So for me, it was a lot of the time, but yeah, now there's no way, there's no way you could pay how that and receive his coaching support. What uh, do you know what Hal's rates are now to, to coach people? I don't know. I don't even know if you can coach one-on-one with Hal now. I'm sure there's a price, but he's probably focused primarily on group programs public speaking, you know, his books, et cetera. Yeah. That's uh that's very interesting. How, however, I would say that my first business coach I ever hired was $750 a month. Yeah. There you go. Um, uh, so yeah. And it just that, and I remember when I started coaching, I, I charged 1500 bucks a month and I thought, man, this is so expensive. This is crazy. Nobody's ever going to pay me this. And then they'd paid it. Mm-hmm. And, and now I charge a significant amount more than that. And I, I don't do monthly anymore. So it's, uh, it's, it's quite a bit different. Now let's tie in, let's tie in the Christian side of this because you're also, you, you specifically work with and not exclusively, but specifically work with Christian coaches and help them build their businesses. So when did you start coaching and then, or from when did you go from just coaching to, I'm going to focus on helping Christian coaches build their businesses. And, and then I want to, then we're going to go back. I want to, yeah. I want to look at where you're at now and then we're going to go back a little bit. Yeah, cool. So for me, it was really that I was working for, I decided I was going to start my own coaching business. My coach at the time, like I said, invited me to come and do sales for them. And it was called Epic Impact. That company doesn't exist anymore. They've kind of spread their wings and gone different directions. But at the time, I was working for this company and helped us build to a multiple seven-figure company as the lead salesperson. And I worked there for four years. And I loved the work that we did. We were primarily working with entrepreneurs, salespeople, business leaders, helping them develop their leadership skill sets, along with working on what they called the inner game around what's happening in our own minds and our own hearts that's affecting the way we're showing up in our businesses and our marriages, et cetera. And it was really good work. And like much of the personal development world, it became a spiritual work, but it wasn't uh, Christian work. And that over time, as it became more and more spiritual uh, in a deep way that was empowering and special for people, but wasn't really in alignment with my faith. I felt like, man, it would be really cool if there was something like this, but that was specifically Christian and brought and invited like the spirit of God into it in the way that uh, I receive God. And so I decided to leave that business and start faith to influence. And immediately it was, it was Christian from the beginning, but I suppose it was a journey of four years coaching and selling for them uh, in a secular uh, form first. So, so I might understand when you started your business coaching, were you a hundred percent on your own in 2009 when you started that? Like you're just hustling to get a client and helping people or what? 2009, I hired Hal to be my coach while I was still just doing direct sales. I did direct sales all the way until 2015. And that's when I decided to get into coaching myself and had that big realization. But a after like a month, I, I got my first few clients. So there I was coaching just secular, just general kind of life and business coaching. And my coach, Ben Skemper at Epic Impact said, why don't you do this with us? And I went into working with them for four years after that first month of launching on my own and then started Faith to Influence. And you know that's what I've been doing for the last, uh, that was December, 2018. So over five, gotcha. almost five years now. All right. So, so in 2015 is when you started in the coaching world yeah. and you just were doing, just picking up clients here and there charging. What were you charging to begin with? My first, my first client was paying me $400 a month uh, for one-on-one coaching in 2015. 
And how often did you meet with that client? I was meeting with them weekly, which is insane. I would never, <laughs> ever, ever do now. I mean, I, I don't know that there's a number you could pay me to meet with you weekly throughout the year. That was wild. Yeah. It's it's a little it's a little much. It, weekly's weekly's a little much. I mean, if you've got a special project you're working on yeah. and you're trying to get something across the finish line, maybe, but yeah, all my scheduled calls of my clients are every other week. Yeah. And then of course they have full access to me between calls, yeah. but but you know, we schedule schedule every other week. And then, and anyway, so interesting. I'm, I'm interested to, to, to trade, uh, trade secrets with you here on the show publicly so that people can see what we're doing. Okay. So now you, you had this misalignment, although not in a negative way, but I, I I sense that you weren't angry or upset. You just that, Hey, I I follow Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, and I want to, I want to figure out how to incorporate this into what I'm doing. So that's when you started faith to influence in 2018. Is that right? Yes. The, the very end of 2018. Yes. And was faith to influence originally started as a coaching program specifically for Christian coaches or was it just Christian coaching? Good question. It was specifically started as a men's group. I was coaching Christian entrepreneurial men on how to win more at what I said, winning more at home at work and in their faith. And so we were talking about sales and leadership and, and business, but also focusing on how to be better husbands, how to be better fathers, how to bring God into it. And so it was specifically this men's kind of personal and professional development group that was a little bit more general. And my first year in business, uh, I did a little over 250,000 in revenue collected. And that was way more than what I thought uh, was possible when I first launched my business. And I found that other coaches were curious, how did we launch and grow a six-figure business so quickly? And as I worked with some of them who happened to be in my men's group, I recognized that that was the most fun, the most compelling for me, and that a lot of new coaches really struggled with sales, business design, pricing, things that felt a little bit easier for me. And so I decided to narrow in on Christian coaches about a year and a half, two years into running my business, and then invite you know men and women into that community. Hmm. And, okay. Very good. Very good. So what, uh, what do you think has been, you know, I guess, I guess the difference between working with a non-Christian focus versus now working with a Christian focus, have you noticed any significant differences? Well, the biggest difference for me is I'm able to pray with my clients. I really enjoy that. I enjoy being able to bring God into the equation and I recognize that I don't have all the answers. You know, I, I think that I'm a pretty wise coach and I know a lot about how to build a coaching business and there's some problems that are a lot bigger than what I can handle. And so being able to invite God into it and pray directly has been really helpful. And then from a pure business standpoint, of course, it's helpful to niche down and have a very clear and specific target market. And by narrowing my focus and my niche, I actually draw more people to me. When my ideal client hears about what I do, they say, oh my gosh, like for Christian coaches specifically, like this was made for me. And maybe there's a little bit more trust in receiving like how I want to build a business because we relate to each other on the ideal that we probably have similar values, a similar faith, a similar background. Maybe I'm going to sell in a way that honors the way that they like to sell and honors their values, where if I didn't have that piece, some of my ideal clients might not resonate with me or initially trust me off the street quite as easily. <laughs> this is kind of a delicate question. Sure. Have your problems with clients not following through and doing what they say they're going to do increased or decreased now that you've moved into Christian coaches? That's a really good question. I feel like I have a lot fewer challenges with clients than I know that we did at my former company. 
but that's probably for a number of reasons, um, not just the Christian piece. And so when I worked four years for my former company, uh, we had a lot of problems with payments and follow through and people signing up for a couple thousand dollar event, but not actually showing up. And there was a lot of churn and, and little issues that just popped up again and again and again. But I think we were pretty disorganized and we were running and maybe we were growing a little too fast, didn't have the proper support or organization on the team. And so there's probably a number of reasons for it. But in my business, I run things in a way that's kind of easy and light for me. And the clients I tend to attract feel easy and light for me the vast majority of the time. So we have great follow through overall with payments, contracts, things like that. In fact, I don't I don't have contracts. This this might be something that you would disagree with. I know it's not the smartest business idea. I just have a handshake agreement with people that they're going to be in the program for a year and they're going to make their payments if they're not paying in full. And typically for me, that's worked out so far. Well, that, yeah, that's an anomaly if that's working out. I always think that agreements and contracts are not to keep, make us keep our word. It's to help us keep our memory. Mm, very good. You know, or because, you know, if I, if you and I handshake today that you're going to pay me 10 grand a month, or I'm going to pay you mm -hmm. 10 grand a month, whatever, whatever that number is. And, uh, we were like, I don't anticipate anybody backing out, sure. but then we get six months into it. Something happens. Like, I thought this was only for eight months. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was nine months. I, I you know, it, it's just memory. It, it, it doesn't have anything to do with their integrity as much as it is our, our lack of memory. So I would encourage coaches to have a written agreement only for that. Uh, only for that. But, but I applaud you if you haven't had any problems with it, that's pretty good. I think that that's what you're suggesting is absolutely most sound and is what people should do in business. The way that I like kind of operate and how I feel if somebody came to me seven months into a 12 month agreement and, and so that they were going through a hard time and they couldn't make their payment after investigating, being curious, asking questions, seeing if I could help them solve the problem. Ultimately, when money's involved, like I always try to do what's best for the other person and I would let them out of the contract. And again, not the best business decision, but it sits well with me and it, it feels good for me. And, you know, I'm, I'm earning enough to provide for my family and, and that's good enough for me to a certain degree. And that's not to say that people have contracts are not operating great integrity, caring for their clients, doing the right thing. They certainly are highly recommended, um, but it, it just doesn't suit me as well as uh, the alternative, which is to. Yeah handle situations as they come up the way that feels right. Yeah. Well, so, so let me, let me throw something at you. So I, I actually had this conversation this morning with, with somebody. Um, he, he was actually in town visiting a friend of his, but this guy, the, the, the guy I'm talking about, he, he, he listens to the podcast. He'll probably hear this. And he's a fan of the podcast and wanted to meet me since he was in town. So I ended up getting to have coffee with this guy this morning. He listened to the podcast and he had written down a few questions to ask me. One of the questions he asked me was, you know, I understand you don't really like labels and you don't call yourself a Christian. Can you explain that? And so I had the opportunity to explain that. So I know you and I have met. You don't probably know that unless you've yeah. listened to my shows a lot, but I wouldn't expect you to. But but I, I stopped referring to myself, even though I was I have a bachelor's degree in ministry. I was a pastor for 13 years. Uh, still follow Jesus. Uh, but I had stopped using that term Christian to describe myself probably 15, maybe longer ago. I can't remember how many years, about 15 years ago. Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. As an entrepreneur, I know that you have to deal with sales on a regular basis. I mean, every entrepreneur does. And if you aren't paying attention to sales as an entrepreneur, you're not going to be an entrepreneur for very long. But I've got a sponsor of this show called Dub that helps you bring the personal 
back to sales. If you want to figure out how to improve content creation and improve client trust, improve your sales process, decrease the sales cycle, because we all know time kills deals. If you want to increase client bookings and increase conversions, you need to take a look at Dove. There's a special offer for Dove for listeners to the Root of All Success at therealjasonduncan.com slash Dove, and that's D-U-B-B. I've been using this for years. I'm a huge fan, and I'm so honored that they're our primary sponsor of the podcast, but they have helped over 60,000 businesses around the world communicate better, to make sales easier, to make sales more personal. And it's built for growing teams. I mean, you can set up video emails, you can set up custom onboarding, you can do admin reporting. You need around video and sales and automation dub is there. You can try Dub now. Your conversions to sales are waiting. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. And there you're going to get two weeks for free to try Dub. Plus, you're going to get 50% off your first two months of Dub. You can't beat that. So go check it out. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. I love talking about this sponsor because it's oftentimes a lot of people talk about sponsors on their shows or have sponsors and they either don't use them or they might've used them once and they're not really in love with it. They just take their money. <laughs> and, and certainly there's nothing wrong with that. But this sponsor, this one of my sponsors of the podcast is Story, S-T-O-R-Y-Y. Two whys, why? Because they're awesome. If you've ever wondered how these influencers do their Instagram reels and their TikToks and their YouTube shorts to look so amazing where they've got the zoom cuts and the pop-ups and the on-screen illustrations, whether it's cartoons or actual images or videos that get responses, that people go, ooh, I wanna talk to that. If you wanna know how people do that, that is exactly what Story does. They take your videos and they make you look like an influencer. They make you become an influencer. And they will post it for you. They'll write the captions. They'll add the relevant hashtags. They put it on the platforms that you care about the most. And after that content's posted, they take it even one step further to boost it to your past clients, your leads, or anyone that you want to target. And they even have someone log into your social media profile to engage with other people's posts, to drive engagement on your profile. Story truly takes a headache away from doing social media content from start to finish. And they have a mission to help people nurture and cultivate their relationships by sharing your message digitally. And they even have an app that makes it easy to upload your content and track everywhere your video is at. And I've been using them for a long time. And I told them, I said, look, guys, I love what you're doing. I want to recommend you to everybody. You need to be a sponsor of my podcast. And so they're a co-sponsor of this podcast. And they're also the exclusive sponsor of my live webinar series, Entrepreneur Master Series, because they're that good. I tell everybody about them. So go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story to learn more. And that's therealjasonduncan.com slash story, S-T-O-R-Y-Y. Why are there two Ys? Because they're awesome. You'll get 10% off your first three months if you go to that link, therealjasonduncan.com slash story. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. And and I would be interested to hear your your take on my perspective and then just see what you think. And you're certainly welcome to disagree. I mean, you're a guest on the show. It doesn't cost you anything to be here. And you can hang up if you don't like it. <laughs> so, so what, uh, you know, I stopped doing that because, you know, if you go back and, and for those of us that are versed in, the, in scriptures and the Bible, you'll know that 
the Christians, the, the people that were first called Christians were at Antioch. They were followers of Jesus Christ back in AD 100 and ish, 100, 120, something like that. And uh, so it wasn't even, well, maybe it wasn't even that many years. It was, it was shortly thereafter Christ had been, been resurrected and ascended. He, they started calling them Christians, but it was kind of like today. If I called you a Trumper because you like Trump, mm-hmm. like that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. You might like Trump and and I called you Trumper because I'm calling you that as a I'm making fun of you. Now, eventually you might accept that. And again, I have no idea your political affiliation because this has not this is just an example. But but if I called you a Trumper, you might at first take offense at it. Well, I'm not a Trumper. What well, did you vote for? Me? Yeah, I voted for him. But well, you're a Trumper. Like we start. So it's a term of derision. Now, eventually people could accept that and say, yeah, I'm a Trumper. And I think that we're seeing that happening politically, but that's what the term Christian originally was. It was a term of derision. And I think that we can historically look, look at that. And so for me, I, I called myself Christian for years and years and years, but then I got to this point. It's like, well, you know what? If I just stop saying that I am and tell people who I follow, I get to have a better conversation. I get to have a much deeper conversation. So I stopped doing it. And I remember, I remember my students when I taught eighth grade American history, they, they knew that I followed Jesus just by witnessing my life and how I, what I said. And I, I don't make any bones about that. But, but when I say, well, I'm not a Christian, although I was the head of leading the FCA and all these mm-hmm. things that it would just give their brain a pretzel, like what in the world? So the, I don't use that term. So, so if I saw your stuff like cold and didn't know who you were, I'd be like, okay, I get what he's doing, but I'm sure he probably wouldn't want to work with me because I'm not going to mm-hmm. use that term at all. What do you think about that? Justin? Well, I'd, I'd be happy to work with you, Jason. That doesn't bother me. <laughs> We can strike up a handshake agreement later if you want. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that I mean, I think it's really interesting, your perspective on that. And I think there is value in that. And I think it's far, far more important to proclaim that we're following Jesus than to say that we're a Christian. And and I understand that, you know, people in certain groups, whether like you talked about the political example, a Democratic group or the Republican group, like people are so much more complex than like a single group or like association yeah. like that. And oftentimes people label because of that initial label, they label us on all other types of things. I'm pretty moderate on the political spectrum, so you couldn't offend me. I'm really in the middle. But but the reality is, like, if if it feels better for you to you know proclaim that you're a follower of Jesus than proclaim that you're a Christian, fantastic. If it starts a more interesting conversation, fantastic. If you want to use the word kingdom rather than Christian, like, great. I know a lot of people are doing that today. Ultimately, like, what's important is to... For the way I see it is like to know Jesus, follow Jesus, love Jesus, love our neighbors really well, and you know ultimately invite others to do the same. And you mentioned living your life in such a way that created curiosity and showed people who you were and that you were a follower of Jesus. And I think that's amazing. Uh, I, I like to claim uh, and proclaim that I'm Christian, and and I want that to mean something really special and really important and really good. And I think that you know if I live my life the right way, I can I can be a part of that meaning something really, really good. But most important is, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. The coaches that you're working with right now in your program, are they also serving a specific Christian audience or are these coaches who happen to follow Jesus and they're not really serving a Christian audience? They're just, they just are Christian themselves. Yes. <laughs> both, so both, 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 absolutely. So some of them have Christian specific audiences. Many of them are just, they happen to be Christian and they're coaching uh, in the secular world. Uh, ultimately, the reason I identify as a Christian business is so people know that we're going to pray for them. I'm going to talk about Jesus a little bit and that's going to be part of the community vibe and feel. But 
the reality is our content is just as good for somebody who's coaching non-Christians versus Christians. It's just as good for somebody who's non-Christian as it is for somebody who's Christian. I'm just going to pray around it. But like our 10 step sales process and the art of influence, like the mindset around sales, all that stuff's really secular. And we get hired by million and $10 million coaches regularly to do sales for them who are not Christian uh, because our sales process is, is really secular. Does, um, is this the partnership sales piece that you do as well outside of the coaching and helping Christian coaches? You also have this partnership sales where you partner with, like we just talked about, coaches who need people to sell for them. Uh, is that run through your same company or do you have a separate company for that? Yeah, I currently run it through the same company. Maybe someday it makes sense for it to be two separate companies. Um, interesting thing is, you know, my company's called faith to influence and I work with some coaches who are Christian. They may not be, uh, Christian in their audience, but like, you know, big, big coaches like Pete Vargas and Pedro Deo and Ray Edwards and founders, mastermind kingdom, REI, uh, John Acuff. But then I also like have sold for people like David Bayer's doing $5 million a year annually. He's not Christian specific. Um, in fact, his spiritual beliefs are, are probably quite a bit different. Um, although he loves Jesus, he thinks Jesus is really cool, which is of course always interesting when somebody loves Jesus, but isn't Christian. And, um, I, th I think David's amazing by the way, as I'm sharing this. Uh, but what's interesting is it's very clear that my company's Christian and, and he had no problem hiring me. And, and in fact, saw it as an interesting thing that, you know, I was a very faithful person and, and liked that as well. So it's, it's cool to see how people are willing to receive me as an openly Christian business, even when they're not. Uh, of that type. And we've had companies pay us as much as like 50 to $80,000 in a weekend to sell for them at a conference or really high retainers over like month to month basis to do sales for them. We actually make a lot more money doing that work than working with the newer Christian coaches. I like working with the newer Christian coaches. It's the most fun for me. So I lean into that for the most part with our marketing, and our branding. Well, that that is interesting. I, I will say, I, I think it's I would love to be a part of a conversation, larger conversation about around the guys that you're serving men and women um, as coaches and how they handle their faith as part of their process when they are not overtly serving a, uh, a like-minded faith. And that that's me, right? I, I have, uh, I have very successful men in my Exeter program and my Exeter club, many, Many of them follow Jesus, claim some sort of affiliation or faith in Jesus. Some do not. Some are on the fence as to whether God exists, but are certainly are are leaning towards the reality that he, in fact, does. But I still, at the end of all of my Exeter Club meetings with my mastermind, I, I lead in a prayer. Mm -hmm. When we have meals together at events, I lead a prayer. So I, I guess for me, it's integrated so much. I've never really even thought about the difference as you as you're explaining. It. Certainly don't I don't demean the fact that you didn't have that experience. But for me, it's like it never even occurred to me that I couldn't pray with my guys or couldn't do things. And and I feel like that what's one interesting thing is that, you know, without giving too much away, because I know my clients listen to the show, but I, I'm, I have worked with clients in the past that have had some very personal big struggles yeah. And I think me just leading from a place of my faith all, without pulling out of scriptures, without leading them through some sort of spiritual thing, mm -hmm. like my faith has helped lead them through very dark times. Um, I will I, I did have an employee a long, long time ago. This is back before I was even coaching, who was going through a very difficult time in marriage. And, and you know, I was like, hey, you, you got to get we got to fix this. We got to get this. So to me, I would be very interested, Justin, to see the conversations that you guys are having, like how that's integrated. 
And, and I'll say this one last thing and then I'll shut up for a second and let you respond. But I had a, had a friend of mine who was, he was probably 10 or 15 years older than me, very successful entrepreneur. And he was part of a, a Christian men's group in, in the unit here in the Nashville area. And one of the things he said was that what they did was they talked about as men, how to display their faith to their employees. Mm-hmm. And uh, one simple thing he said, and I'll never get this. He said, Jason, he said, I just started leaving my Bible on my desk. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he's had a desk in the office. And that was it. Like all I had to do was that. And it completely changed the conversations. So I know that there's things that we can do to, yeah. to ratchet it, you know, to give that influence. Although putting a book on a desk doesn't necessarily mean anything, but, but, I, but it can mean something. So I, I'd be interested to hear your response to that. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think there's a wide spectrum in how people have responded uh, as Christians in a, a non-Christian marketplace. Uh, man, some people keep it really quiet. And I think their goal is to just love people well, love their neighbor really well. And and maybe that strikes up conversation, opens the door at some point. And I think that that's good. I think it's great for Christians or kingdom people or followers of Jesus to just show up in a way that's like really loving and honoring of the people around them. And to see if that maybe over a long period of time opens a door with someone to a conversation. I think that's good work. I think it's a good way to show up. A second way that I see people do it is their business is operated that way, but then they have something on the side, like, hey, we've got this free prayer group if anyone would like to join it. Or before a conference, like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna have this special uh, evening session the night before the conference begins for anybody who wants to come and worship and pray. And like, you know, Pete Vargas did that at one of his events and he just like invited in a band and he invited in like a, a prayer leader and like Everybody who wanted to was invited to that. Everybody who wanted to came and engaged in it. And some people were certainly converted through something like that. I've seen Sean Cannell do things like that. And so we can be totally secular running the conference or the event or speaking, but then have this invitation to come to a prayer group or this invitation to come to a Bible study or a worship session or something like that. That's on the side. So people know we're Christian, but it's very easy to avoid being around that. And then there's the the people who show up the way you're talking about, which is maybe we don't talk on the front end, the marketing piece about being Christian specific, but then once people get in there, they notice the way that we communicate or a story that we might share about Jesus or a prayer that we might lead inside of the group. And they just, you know, we're, we're on display and hopefully that the work that we do and the way we show up opens hearts and minds. Um, you know, that, that can get sticky sometimes. I'd imagine that you're doing it with incredible tact and thoughtfulness and strategy. Uh, I was at one conference that we did sales at where the person leading from stage was like very clearly and overtly Christian and sharing a lot of Christian messaging. And he hadn't prepared any of his audience through marketing for that. And there were people who were upset and felt like they were tricked or they weren't there for that. And he maybe did a little bit too much of that. Um, so there's a, a balance, I'm sure, to strike there if we want to show up that way. And then there's the the option to just on the front end be like, hey, this is this is specifically Christian. And I think there's a place for every one of those ways of showing up. I would definitely be interested in having that conversation with your group. I, it, it would be very interesting to me to yeah. see how people are handling it because I think that perspective, and this is, this is a, this is not a shot necessarily, although it, I think a certainly true observation is that a lot of people in the Christian community, we can get in our bubbles and we forget that the language we use and the things we say and the things that we do do not translate to the overall society around us, especially. And it's accelerating in a negative direction where it's less and less uh, understood and accepted. Um, we are even seeing 
violent pushbacks in some mm. some areas, but not certainly not here. Maybe in Milwaukee, <laughs> not in Nashville. I'm not seeing it in Nashville. I don't know about where you live, but but I think it would be interesting to see to give a perspective from both sides. Like I'd like to see somebody who is overtly as a Christian coach. How are you doing that? What do you what do you? And then somebody who's not overtly, but step certainly integrates all of this into what I do. That would be a very interesting kind of discussion. So maybe we can talk offline about how to how to make that happen because I, I I'm very interested in what you do. Now let me let me change the gears for just a second as we kind of uh, change change the podcast just a little bit. Let's talk about the coaching side of this just specifically. So one of the things that you you do is you help coaches, and again, specifically Christian, but you help coaches optimize their business model and their pricing strategies. Now, so do you have a kind of a cliff notes version of like, this is what you should do, or is it very, very um, specific to each individual coach? It's a little bit of both. I can give you, I can give you a little bit of cliff notes, but part of what I really believe in is that people should run their business in a way that honors what they want. You know, if you're a coach, or an entrepreneur starting a business, oftentimes we think about what our clients might want or need from us or what we've seen other models in the marketplace do. Something that's important to remember is you're the only person who will be in your program forever. And so if you design it in a way that's exhausting for you, that burns you out, that isn't fun, that's not gonna be very effective over a long period of time. And so I, I give people kind of a buffet of options. Like if you're making your signature offer, uh, your your biggest and most primary program, the best way people can work with you is to say, these are some of the things in the marketplace that people are offering. Uh, some people are offering one-on-one -on -one coaching. Some people are offering group calls. Some people are offering what's called office hours, which is like open Q&A group one-on-one -on -one coaching and group setting almost. Uh, some people are offering live events like retreats or conferences. Some people are offering digital products. Some people are offering access uh, to them or immersive days or half days when people join their program. There's a number of different things. I mean, almost anything you can imagine. And so I kind of go through, here are the things that people are offering in their programs. What's your ideal signature offer? And maybe it's just one-on-one -on -one coaching, like high ticket one-on-one -on -one coaching. You reference that that's something that you do and do very well. That's awesome. And if, if you love one-on-one -on -one coaching, I think that's a great program. For me, one-on-one -on -one coaching, if I do too much of it, it does drain me. Um, and so for me, I really love like group programs. So I'm going to design more of a group program. Oftentimes people will include in their group programs or mastermind programs, elements of one-on-one -on -one as well, maybe a monthly one-on-one -on -one or a quarterly one-on-one. -on -one. So I help people understand what are the different things you can offer in a signature coaching package. What is the marketplace value on these things? Like what new coaches are typically a range of what they might be offering this in and how can you then value your program appropriately and charge a, a fair price? That's a win for you and your clients. And like, there's simple things, Jason, that I run into all the time. Like people, they, they want to have like an a la carte coaching program or like buy your coaching call as you need it. Like things that, that just don't make any sense for either side of the deal. And so helping people recognize that if they have a three month program, a 90 day program that feels really exciting for them because it's short and easy and it, it's not scary at all, that they have to make four times as many sales to make the same amount of money as if you had the exact same monthly price and you just made an annual program, which is also going to help the client yeah. achieve a lot more and accomplish their goals and those sorts of things. So helping people design annual programs or six month programs and and get clear on prices that make sense and making sure that the program is actually going to like help them achieve their goals. So if you want to have a $500,000 business, but you're planning to get there with a thousand dollar offer, you have to make 500 sales. That's a lot of sales to make. 
If you want to have a $500,000 business and you have a $50,000 offer, you don't have to make 10 sales. Maybe that single sale feels harder, but it's way easier to make 10 high ticket sales than it is to make 100 or 500 low ticket sales. And so that's a, an extreme example, but oftentimes I'm having to help people correct that their goal and their price point and program like don't add up. It's not going to work and make sure that they have a plan that's going to help them actually achieve whatever their goal is. It's interesting, man. It's really interesting. I, I would, uh, you interested in doing a little bit of uh, armchair uh, analysis on my program right sure. here publicly yeah. for everybody? You want to you want to do that? Yeah. So, what questions would you ask me uh, to get to kind of yeah. get under the hood a little bit? We'll do this in like five yeah. minutes. Okay. We're not gonna do this much so, I'll, I'll try to give you a short form of this. But my my first question is, uh, what are you offering in your program? Uh, what am I offering in the program, or what is the program? What, yeah, both. Okay, so my my signature program is called the Exeter Program. It's a hybrid of one-on-one -on -one coaching and a mastermind experience. And I only take seven uh, people per year and that cost the ticket price on that's 125 K for the year. And uh, like I I'm working one-on-one -on -one every other week, we do a 45 minute schedule call every other week. They have unlimited access to me between that through chat, chat messaging, or if they need to call me, you know, off, you know, Hey, I need to ask you a question. They, they get unlimited access. And then I do four, one-on-one uh, -on -one, like in-persons with them per year, like once a quarter. So they fly into Nashville. We sit down for a day, you know, day and a half and really dig in on some stuff. So, and then they get access to the mastermind, which meets, we meet twice a month mm -hmm. by Zoom. And then we have six live events per year, two big retreats mm -hmm. and then four weekend mm -hmm. workshops. So it is a huge, um, there's a lot of stuff that they get out of that. Plus your spouse is invited to most of the live events for no extra additional cost. I mean, this is, this is one of the most incredible offers I've ever heard. I mean, there's tremendous, tremendous value here. So if, if you were coming to me and you weren't sure how to price this, then I'd be asking, okay, like how much do you value your one-on-one -on -one call? Like if, you know, not that you would sell a one-on-one -on -one call on its own, but if you were going to sell a one-on-one -on -one call on its own, how much would you charge for that? How much do you, and maybe not even what you would charge, but what is it worth a one-on-one -on -one with you? I think a couple thousand dollars cool. at the, at, at the, at the low end. So it, it, let's say it's $2,000 and they're getting 26 one-on-ones with you. Then they're getting $52,000 worth of value through the one-on-ones. Yeah. My next question would be if the one-on-ones worth a couple thousand, Usually a mastermind call is worth less than that. Sometimes it might be half as much as what a one-on-one is valued at. Sometimes even less than that. Depends on the program, but this is small group, high level people. How much is each individual mastermind call worth? Do you think? So I would say probably to go to half of the one-on-one maybe. Right. And they're getting two um, a month. And sometimes, well, and sometimes those, I do two of those a month, but, but actually if, if we do a good hot seat session with somebody, yeah. that's worth 10 grand. Yes. Like you could fix your whole business yes. in a 30 minute hot yeah. seat. I would say that sometimes those group calls can be worth more, but the way they would be valued yeah. in the marketplace, I think half half of what your one-on-one's worth makes sense. So there's 24,000 yeah. if they're getting 24 of those in value on the group calls. Those immersions, four one-on-one immersions, how much do you think each of those is worth? Well, if somebody just hires me just to do one of those, it's 25K. Yeah. Yeah. So you're looking there at a hundred K in value. And then, yeah, I do. I run a program on my website. It's, it's called clarity catalyst mm -hmm. and it's a two day live mm -hmm. intensive, eight, you know, two, eight hour days mm -hmm. back to back where all we do is dig in. And so 
that I charge 25K for. So what they're getting, and it's a part of this, is a version of that four times a year. Although we don't do 16 hours, we do less than sure. eight to 12. Sure. And then live events. How much are those live events worth each? So the retreats, if somebody just had to pay to go to those retreats, they're probably about 10 grand. Mm -hmm. um, they'll do two of those a year. Sure. Um, and then the four weekend workshops, you know, probably I'd say half of that, maybe, maybe, maybe not quite half, but mm -hmm. somewhere around that, maybe four grand, something sure. like that. Okay. So you got 20 on the two big, big guns and then uh, 16 on the other four. Mm -hmm. So you got 36 K in your live events. Uh, if I was, I'm really interested to see how this adds right. up. Cause I've not done the math. He's doing this live folks. I don't know what this is going to, it may add up to a lot less than what I'm charging. <laughs> no, well, that, that would be very interesting. It's not going to, but that did occur to me that this could be uh, an interesting thing to have happening live. Like, Oh no, this isn't worth nearly as much as I'm charging. That's not the case here. This is worth more than you're charging for sure. The unlimited access to you is hard to put a price tag on. You certainly could put a price tag on it. Something like that. That's worth so much and is hard to quantify. And some people use it a lot. Some people don't use it so much. I love to say with that, like priceless, that's priceless. You're getting that as like a bonus in the program, unlimited access to me. I'm going to go all in with you and make sure that I over deliver with whatever you need. So if I'm looking at the total value of the program, we got 52K on the one-on-ones, 100K on the immersions, 24K on the mastermind calls, 36K on the live events. We've got 60, 160. We've got 212, if my math is right, $1,000 worth of value here. Um, that's what the program is worth. Now, I'll often- But wait, there's more. <laughs> um, but, but I mean, genuinely a real value stack and then saying, okay, well, your price for this program is going to be X, Y, Z. And like oftentimes, you know, people will- will take 20 to 50% off the total value. They're going to Costco, they're buying in bulk, they're getting all these things. They're not just buying a one immersion with you, you're building an overall relationship. It makes sense, they get a better deal. So in like 20 to 50% off the price point, you selling at 125K makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I'll help people work through like, do they wanna allow payment plans and things like that? And how much should the payment plan be? If somebody had no idea around pricing, I'd have a different conversation with them about what the marketplace generally values these things at. But there's also outliers, you know, so what you are valuing these things at and what they're worth with you, a very experienced, very successful coach who's already run multiple million dollar businesses. It's seven and eight figure businesses, I believe. It's worth a lot more than a brand new coach who's maybe never earned $100,000 in their life and is just trying to start some little business to help people. Um, in yeah. a, like maybe they're really good with health or their marriage is really empowered and they want to help people with their marriage, but they don't have like a background in that yet. So their price points and ranges might be a lot different. So the back and forth might be different. I'm oftentimes helping people who want to charge like $1,500 for their program or $5,000 for their program because they're scared, sell it instead for 8,000 or 10,000 or 15 or whatever makes sense for them and their audience with where they're at, knowing that they can build from there. But for where you're at, I feel like your program's really nicely priced. You know, my next question, of course, if we're going to continue and we won't because of time standpoint, but would be how much do you want to produce? Like, what's your goal for your business? How many clients would you need to have? How much of this Exeter program is going to produce the goals for your business? Is seven clients going to get it done? Like, so we'd work through some of that and make sure that it like aligns with your business and life goals, uh, along with being a great program of great value that's appropriately priced. Wow. That's good feedback, man. Yeah. That's really, really, I've never had anybody go through that with me. Um, what I, what I generally say is that most of my clients within the first year, they're getting a three to five X 
ROI because of just a little tweak, a little, little shift, little tweak to their business. Um, maybe, maybe it's they're overemployed and we just figure out, Oh, this person needs to be moved here. Or maybe this person needs to be eliminated, but it's not just about eliminating yeah. big chunks of your salary, your overhead, but it's about, Hey, if you did this, you could pick up another million dollars in mm -hmm. revenue just by this one shift. So most of my clients do that. And the only, and the reason I only takes seven, actually I started out with five and I thought well, I could probably do two yeah. more. And so, because I just don't want to get overwhelmed, yeah. like keeping up with that many high level people that are doing millions of dollars in revenue. And I've got to help them figure that crap out. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it. So I do seven there. And then my Exeter club, which is the mastermind, that's 35 K for the year, mm -hmm. just by itself. If you wanted to just join that without doing the one-on-ones, my goal is to have 50 people in that. So 50 yeah. people in that just do the math and then seven people at the, at, in my Exeter program. You know, that that puts me at a place where that's okay. it. That's all I need to do because everything else I'm going to do is mm -hmm. through my nonprofits and all the other stuff that I got going on. But this is a that was a very helpful exercise. Yeah, Thank it gives you. you a real value stack and it allows your price point to be defensible. Like this is worth this much. I'm charging this much. You can feel really good about it. And you can also answer to the very analytical client or prospect that comes through, which can sometimes to uh, an entrepreneur like us feel like annoying, like, you know, get out of your head about this stuff. But for some people whose their brain works very analytically, they need that kind of satisfaction around like, how is this costing how much it is and why? And then they're ready to make the investment, but they need like that intellectual side of it. Most people are emotional decision makers and they like feel good. Their intuition tells yeah. them it's right. You probably get a lot of people deal with their gut and they're like, yes, let's do this. It feels right. Let's go. But some people who are analytical, they just need a little bit more like, okay, well, why? Why is this this much? And this gives you that answer. Yeah. Well, and that last piece you said there is exactly right. So I'm going to, I want to speak to the listeners about what you just said is that every single decision is always made emotionally and justified logically. Some people are more analytical, some people are more emotional, but this decision tree is always the same. You walk into the house that you're trying to buy and you look at it, and if you can see and sense and feel yourself living there, that's your emotional lock-in. I made the decision. Now, how can I get the financing and is the price right? Then you lock, you justify it logically. So when we're selling high-ticket coaching or things like you, you and I are talking about, that's what happens every single time. I just had this happen. A new client sign up emotionally. Dude was locked in after the first call. Like I need this. This has got to be something, but 125 K for a coach seems like a lot of money, but, but they haven't logically justified how that's going to work out yet. So it took them about a week to logic, go through the logic. Does this work? And so when I talked to him on the phone, I say, hey, man, like emotionally you're, you're hundred percent in, you know, this is going to work, right? Yes. Okay. So all you're doing is trying to figure out the logic, like to make, make this make sense. Aren't you? Yep. Okay. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you the agreement, which, which I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to send you the agreement. You look at it, take a look at it. And you know, when you're ready and you know that logically this makes sense, let's just go ahead and yeah. sign that, send it back. We'll get started. And I think that happens every time. So if you're a, if you're sitting on the fence to hire a coach, mm -hmm. You're never going to justify the logic of spending that much money without first knowing that emotionally this makes sense. So you've got to know that emotionally makes sense. Don't hire a coach that doesn't know what he's doing. Don't hire a coach that's never done what you want to do. Don't hire a coach that's going to head, head you down a direction that you don't want to go. But once you find that person, stroke the check because a coach is an accelerator pedal. A coach is going to get you where you want to go a whole lot faster than you're going to get there on your own. That's what a coach does. And that's why I'm really happy, Justin, to know you because you're out there making the world a better place by helping coaches make the world a better place. So I think you're doing God's work, my man. Thank this you. is good stuff. You. You're doing great.
Thank you for thank you for sharing this. And we didn't even get into the thing I normally talk about on the show, which is around success. But I think this is enough for the yeah. listeners to go. This is really, really, really good. Justin, how would people get in touch with you if they say, I like this guy? I want to talk to him and I want to work with him. Yeah, you know, I, I don't normally do this, but it feels like for your audience, this could make sense. I'm happy to just give my email address. If somebody wanted to email me directly for a conversation, they can email me at justin at faith, the number two, influence.com. The other thing that people can do is they can download our coach's playbook. This is like specifically around sales. It includes our 10-step sales process, what we call the art of influence, among other things. And they can get that by going to www.goodsalespdf.com. All right. So you can email him directly. Email Justin, justin at faithtoinfluence.com. It's the number two, not the word. Justin at faithtoinfluence.com. And if you want that sales playbook, goodsalespdf.com, goodsalespdf.com. Or you can just check him out at faithtoinfluence.com. Faithtoinfluence.com is his website. It's got a good website. And uh, I think there's some really interesting things there too. Plus, if you have a sales, if you're in a sales organization and just need somebody help with sales, forget whether you're a Christian or you're a coach, you just need somebody help with sales. This is a guy that you might want to talk to. So reach out to Justin at faith2influence.com. Justin, this has been a uh, really fascinating conversation for a lot of different reasons, but I really appreciate your being on the show today. I'm going to give you the last word. So anything you want to say to the audience, anything you want to say to me, any, anything you want to propose to the world, mm. this is your shot. This is your chance to talk to everybody. Ooh. So it's all, all on you. What an opportunity. I'll, I'll say this, you know, when you, you normally ask those questions about success. For me, it's about loving God, loving my neighbor really well, showing up in a way uh, with people that's really honorable. And that includes in sales. And part of what I want to do is rewrite how people feel about sales. A lot of people have like really negative connotations around, around that, really old stories around what sales is. And I believe that sales can be really high converting and really high integrity and serve both sides, whether the person that we're with buys or not. I believe that sales when done right is simply making it as easy as possible for the right people to say yes. And when done right, like sales can be an expression of love. It can be leadership. It can feel like coaching. And uh, that's why I believe sales is good, which is why good sales PDF is the, uh, the website there. Justin, it's a pleasure, man. We need to do some stuff together. We definitely need to stay in touch. So everybody go check out Justin Janowski at Faith to Influence. And uh, you know what? Do you, do you want to talk? I know your podcast is not out yet, but it's coming. Do you, do you want to drop any hints about yeah, that? Yeah, I, I, I do have a live podcast called Sales Strategies for Christian Coaches. Right now, I'm just recording episodes myself that we've been launching. We'll have guests in the future, and you can look forward to having Jason as a guest on the Faith to Influence uh, podcast, Sales Strategies for Christian Coaches. But right now, it's 10 to 25-minute episodes each week. We've been running since February little sales tips and ideas that can help newer coaches grow their business. Okay. So sorry about that. I, I, I completely missed what we were talking pre-show about your show. Yeah. Your show's actually out. Yes. You're just not doing interviews yet. Yes. And that's why we talked about the interviews coming out uh, in six to 12 months. Okay, good. So go check out sales strategies for Christian coaches. Once again, Justin, thanks for being on the show. my man. Thanks for having me, Jason. This was a blast. Well, guys, I didn't get into my success questions like I typically do, but he was really good there at the end, Justin, about telling us what his definition of success was. And I don't want to skip over that since I didn't get to ask the question directly. But he said, loving God and loving his neighbor. That's his definition of success. And I think for those of us who do follow Jesus and understand scripture, when he when Jesus was asked, hey, what's the most important commandment? What's the one thing that's more important than everything else? And that's what he said. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So that is Justin Janowski's definition of success. And by that definition, I think he would consider himself to be a very successful person because that's what he does and it's what he's helping other people do. So forgive me for not getting into the specific success questions, but hey, it's my show. <laughs> I get to make those decisions from time to time where we don't go that way. It was also very interesting to see him analyze my coaching program. That was certainly not planned. Uh, did, we didn't know we were going to head that direction, but I think it was very interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'd never gone through that before. And as you can see, I mean, this is a 200K plus program in terms of value offered at $125,000 for the year. And there should be a three to five X ROI on that during the first year. I only have three slots left open as it stands right now, the recording. And I'm actually ta actively taking applicants right now for those extra three slots. So if you're interested in one of those three slots, all you need to do to apply to get that slot is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash coaching therealjasonduncan.com slash coaching. And on that page, it describes exactly what the Exeter program is, how much it costs and how to apply. And then there's also the clarity catalyst. If you just want me for a couple of days and you got to work through something big to get some clarity on it, then there's a place to apply for that. Both of those are application only. So it's just to see if you qualify. And then we would get on a call, you and I, and we would talk about it and see if there's a way that I can help you. And not everybody's going to qualify. Generally speaking, you got to be doing between two and three million on the low end and revenue. And up from there, you got to have usually, you know, most of the time my clients have around 10 or so employees or more, but there's always a different story for everybody. So you got to apply first. Let's have the call. Let's see if I can get you to a point of breakthrough. And if I can, then we can talk about what it looks like for you to come work with me. So if that's something you're interested in, once again, go to therealjasonduncan.com slash coaching. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of The Root of All Success. We're about to go into the month of August. It's hard to believe that the summer we're already halfway through the summer. This is this is crazy how fast 2023 is going. Don't lose the rest of this year to busyness and indecisiveness. Make sure that you stay decisive and don't stay busy. Be productive instead. Until next time, I'm the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? uncertain if you're nearing burnout take our free 10 question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand with just 10 quick questions you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success cut your daily operations time in half improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.